Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You're now tuned to Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald through till 11 o'clock this morning. And uh, yeah, we're talking about, well, the crisis in confidence across the planet in so many different ways we could articulate. We are indeed, and uh, it looks like we're heading for some big milestones in 2020, so it's really a good time to talk about this. And it's not something new, it's been coming a long time, and anybody who follows global affairs will have seen uh, lack of confidence growing around pretty much all aspects of life, to be honest with you. I mean, it's certainly front and centre in politics, Uh, but uh, you name it, you name it, discipline, an area of life, and there's been a a growing lack of confidence mm. uh, in things like science, medicine, you know, uh, all academia. The, all the institutions, really. Yes. I mean, I, I've, I've said often that we, we, we sort of live in the structures that are often hundreds, if not thousands of years old. Literally, the buildings of our institutions, our universities, of our medical institutions, often our politics and so forth. It's almost a, physically in the structures that we, but not just, of course, in, in, that we still inhabit that are hundreds of years old and uh, still functioning in this, by the same sort of paradigm, mostly. That's right. And this is pretty standard, of course, for a paradigm shift. You know, when you're going through a major paradigm shift, there has to be a values clash between... There's a standard for a paradigm shift? <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's, it's been oh, laid down. I'm looking at A template, <laughs> luckily. Um, so we, we do, uh, in some respects, know what to anticipate mm. over the next few years, next couple of decades. But... It's true to say that uh, the new values that are emerging are at odds with the old values in some serious ways, and that's a growing phenomena. Mm. We uh, we take some note of uh, some one would say some bizarre sources here and there, some interesting sources, some not necessarily rational sources to some people, but we ta- we take them anyway because there's clues everywhere. We look often these days at the, uh, at, the at Bobby Kay, who's an American who does pretty profound uh, weekly reading of the I Ching. We've mentioned the I Ching here before, a very ancient system of divination and much more than that probably. And it's, uh, we, one could say to draw some, some bows to, well, let's go straight there, to quantum physics and beyond. There's a lot of uh, connections that, uh, between this particular system, interestingly enough, as ancient as it is. But in this week's wisdom, he talks about uh, this little paragraph here, the ideas, processes and behaviors that have previously brought you success on the path to abundance, peace of mind and love are no longer valid. They have become obstacles. That's a big statement. The small bits of darkness that in the past you ignored and thought would go away have grown and can now overshadow all unless you take swift action and return to the light. Another big statement. You were hoping you could ease up on the reins and didn't have to work so bloody hard to make sense of things. This is the trick of the ego, the shadow, to take you off-centre during the most important point of transitional and evolutionary change. Very big paragraph there. We're going to sort of unpack that as part of what we're going to do today. 
Indeed, yeah, and it speaks directly to the value shift that's going on. And uh, you know, we've been li- been living for the last few hundred years by a certain set of values, which have done wonderful things for the world mm-hmm. and, and for many of us individually, including allowing us to fly to the moon and mm-hmm. back. But as these cycles play out, it's normal that they go through a constructive phase and eventually then a deconstructive phase mm. as we start to transition into the next wave of values and that's mm. what's happening right now. Mm. And so naturally for those people who are starting to experience the emergence of these new values, the old values start to look a bit stale. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, as usual, uh, if you'd like to text in on our text line, it comes up right on the screen in front of us here, 0437 34 one 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 nine. Love to hear from you as we usually do, and uh, any comments that you have, any questions that you might have, anything you'd like to say, we'd love to hear. From You're you. resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. You're on BFM on nine nine nine. It's nine twenty here on Future Sense with uh, Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald, and we're looking at the crisis in confidence across the world, personally, and uh, right up to the, the top ends of power. Exactly, and it's been a long time coming, and it's a reflection of the natural cycling change that we get over long periods of time between eras that are individually oriented and then eras that are community oriented. Mm. You could call that a me-we oscillation. Is that a scientific term? It is. I just made it up. Very, very good. Uh, That's how science works. Excuse me, I'm sucking on a throat lozenge yes. because we're, 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 we're trying the best. The festival flu. We are. We're trying the very best to actually be here, and we are here. We're very present with you today. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Absolutely. And so, looking over the long term, of course, we came through the industrial era and uh, shifted around the uh, revolutions that took place: the scientific revolution, the industrial revolution, the uh, European Enlightenment, and mm. various waves with. You know, particular trigger points, milestones, you might say, during that change process, which eventually brought us into this modern scientific industrial era, which has been running for roughly about 300 years uh, in full flight. And as we go through this oscillation, the, the uh, agricultural era, of course, was a community-oriented era where most things were were sort of situated around thinking about community and how we should change ourselves to fit with the world's requirements. And in the individual eras, the me-oriented eras, like the one that we're just coming to the end of now, the, the focus is around how I can be successful as an individual and how I can change the world around me to suit what I want. And there are fairly inevitable outcomes of each of those two ways of living if and if we look back at how the world has shifted and changed through the various paradigms we can see the same patterns playing out over and over again they're never the same because every time they play out the world is a different place it's more complex we have new and and uh, more complex technologies different ways of thinking and so every time the the shift plays out it has a different flavor to it but the underlying themes are fairly consistent And so we go through a change process that takes us from being comfortable. And in the, if let's look at the the previous paradigm shift, we were comfortable in the agricultural way of living and all of the communal institutions that grew up around that, Mm. uh, including, of course, our major religions, which were very influential and still are. And then that comfort 
sort of morphed into an annoyance uh, and then the, anno- the annoyance <laughs> I like that. got worse and, and for that particular shift the annoyance was essentially a frustration mm. with the long time scales required for change to happen yes. and in that particular agricultural paradigm which is layer four in Claire Graves's model if you're, if you're following from that perspective then layer four always has delayed rewards and all of the thinking, it doesn't matter whether it was like business thinking, it was like, yes, well, you do your job and mm-hmm. fulfill your duty. And then if you do that long enough, you can retire mm-hmm. with a gold watch, mm-hmm. right? Or in a religious sense, you know, you live a good life, follow God's rules, and then you'll be rewarded, not now, but later when you die. Yeah. Okay. And it was always that later thing. And over time, that's one of the things that just gets frustrating. Mm-hmm. And people start to think, no, actually, I'm done waiting. I really I'd want, like something now. I really want it now. <laughs> I think someone wrote a song about that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so this annoyance grows and grows and grows, and it's very much tied to the to the increase in complexity. And right throughout history, the complexity of of our universe, our world, life, society has slowly increased. And so that's the key driver. And then that annoyance eventually gets to the to, to boiling point, uh, and we have a crisis. And eventually there'll be revolutions, and we just listed a few of the revolutions that happened during mm. that previous shift. Yeah, uh, and they lead to breakthroughs. You know, it's it's never really just one revolution and one breakthrough. It's always a series over time. You know, it's a it's a complex arrangement of tipping points. And then once the breakthroughs happen, with every breakthrough, there's a bit of relief, and people go, "Oh, okay, that's better." You know, I'm feeling a bit more freedom now, a bit more uh, instant action, instant rewards. And then eventually we come back to being comfortable again where where the paradigm is peaking. Mm. Everything's working well. We've solved all those old problems of frustration in, in that case. And we can sit back and we can enjoy our good life where we've, we've uh, you know, earned money and we've got our rewards now. We have the, the boat in the yard and, and uh, you know, the fishing rod and whatever else we wanted. Um, and then so we sit back and become complacent for a while. Which is really the Australia that particularly I grew up at my age in the 50s and 60s, is sort of halcyon days where everything was perfect. We were very rich, we were very comfortable, everything seemed easy, war was over, it was all lovely. And yet underneath it, there was this bubbling slow, and now only in retrospect can I in my age sort of feel how things were just... Mm, Oh, because at that time in the 50s, of course, the, the leisure society was the, the big claim. That was, that was the last right. piece. Yeah. Now that we've got the technology, very soon we'll all be just at leisure and robots and things will be doing our work for us. Well, yes, robots, AI, machine learning is doing a hell of a lot of stuff, but we are busier and crazier and more complex than we've ever been. So what we thought was going to happen has not happened. Yeah, and and Claire Graves, when he wrote uh, about his model, his theory of human evolution, this spiraling pattern, he said that every time we think we're just about to crack it, something changes, and we realise that we're oh no, actually we have to take a fork in the road and go down another mm. path, you know, um, and uh, and consequently, when they published his research notes, or what was actually a draft of a book that he was writing when he was pass- when he passed away. Yeah, they decided to call it the never-ending quest yeah. because it is it's a never-ending quest it's just when we think we're about to nail it and everything's going to be done and we can sit back it's like everything changes and we have to start over again but in a new way so probably it's it's worthy for, for our intelligent listeners and for anybody to be aware that anytime <coughs> any of us or anybody claims or yourself inside thinks that you have the answer the final the final solution to something that you question that because it's highly unlikely that's the truth and this is like the this, this is why the sages uh, are always kind of sitting back on a park bench, smiling and watching, because they they kind of know the pattern. <laughs> 
uh, don't know whether you refer to Waiting for Godot or Forrest Gump or somebody. Anyway, all the same sort of figure, that's for sure. Yeah, and so it's it's really, really important at this time for us to take notice of these patterns. Mm. And arguably, it, it's, well, I think it's not, argue, it's not arguably at all. It's a definite thing. This is the first time that we're going into a global paradigm shift where we have global communication, which is instant, and we have this knowledge available to us, and we can actually talk on a global scale about the change dynamic itself. Mm. And rather than be just carried along like we've been tossed in a river and and bumped around by the currents of the river, uh, we can actually sit on the riverbank and watch the currents and say, okay, well, we've been here before, we know this part of the river and we know how the currents run, because we last time we crossed over, we went through all that and we were actually getting bumped around and and uh, we felt a bit out of control. But this time we do have the option to sit and watch and learn from what we know about paradigm shifts, these change dynamics, how they play out. There's always a set sequence. We can't predict exactly what's going to happen, but what we can predict is that there will be a sequence of themes and a, and a progression of change from stability through stress, chaos, breakthrough, uh, a renewal, and then new stability. Mm. And and those that kind of change process is not synchronized right across life or, or the whole world. It's happening in different phases, in different places. Or even in one community, of course, is running at different different rates, different currents are running right. in the same and, river. Yeah, exactly. And this is why it's so hard to see and, unless you really know what to look for. Um, and you, you know, you get overlapping change processes where something will be halfway through change, and something else will be just beginning change, and, and the two uh, subjects or items get mixed up, and, and there's cross influence and those sorts of things. So it's it's never that simple, but we do have the keys to unlock this now, and and that's a really important thing. And of course, it's why this podcast and radio show exists mm. is to talk about these change dynamics absolutely uh, it's interesting too of course the paradox and uh, to do with bobby k that we talked about with his i ching reading for this week too because uh, in this he's calling it this is just for this week but this is what came up is that the time for action is now while things are still ripe uh, the benefit is to examine each action person and process on your path and dissect your relationship and then make a judgment if it is working with you for the greater good then it or, or they can remain if not you've got to get rid of it but this is interesting because on one hand the paradox is to sit and we have the capacity now to sit by the river and observe this change process on the other hand there's still action that's required at times that's and right we still have to cross the river ourselves we, to, we should yeah. never lose sight of that mm. uh, but let's cross it as gracefully as we can yeah absolutely for all of you out there strangers in a strange land you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You are now tuned though to Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Thanks for your texts, and you can text us at any time 043734119 and speak to us. Please speak to us. Bring us your wisdom. And um, here's one text Hi, Nick and Steve. Confucius say, He who knows all the answers has not been asked all the questions. Thanks to Rod in Bangalore. True that. Very good. Mm. We're talking about uh, uncertainty, and perhaps you'd like to text in about uh, how you your your 
confidence has crashed with regard to aspects of your reality. It might be personal, it might be obviously, obviously, I don't think very many of us have much confidence in politics anymore, but how does it particularly apply to you? You might ask that question. Where are you troubled by the fact that things just don't seem to be right in your world somewhere or other? Text us in. Indeed. So uh, we can learn from our previous paradigm shift, which I guess is really the only good one that we have a solid record of. Mm. You know, the the shift from layer three to layer four, which was from a martial way of living. And I guess we could think of the the classic example of Genghis Khan there. Uh, into the agricultural era, <clears throat> um, it's I, I've never found a good academic reference that really pins a date to that. I think the some of the latest research I've seen sort of puts the agricultural revolutions early stages around about ten to twelve thousand years ago, mm. where we started to crop on a large scale. And I, I, part of the reason I'm sure that we don't have a good historical record is that also roughly around that time we had that Younger Dryas event, which uh, a lot of people are sort right. of starting to uncover more oh, information yes. about now, which was a, a major, major uh, environmental catastrophe, uh, which looks like it was at least partially triggered by uh, comet impact mm. and gave rise to all of the, the great flood stories that are embedded in pretty much every civilization around the world. Uh, so consequently, we've, we've lost memory there, we've lost uh, our history, and uh, we can only work with what we have. So we do have a reasonable record of the transition from uh, the agricultural to the uh, scientific industrial. And the, the agricultural era said some pretty sort of core um, or some core aspects of what the agricultural era said to us uh, were things like the truth comes from above. (laughs) And that above can have many meanings. It can mean, in a spiritual sense, Mm. the truth comes from God or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you imagine takes that place uh, in your culture. Um, the, The agricultural era said follow the rules and everything will be fine. And those rules also came from above. And it said do your duty and you'll be rewarded later uh, as it turned out much later mm. we're still waiting <clears throat> and then as <laughs> the world became more complex that paradigm decayed into a reckless righteousness mm. and when a paradigm decays there's always this backslide to the previous paradigm so if the agricultural era is layer four then during its decay there was a backslide to layer three which was the wild martial power-oriented individual way of being. <clears throat> yes, I'm thinking there are the great battles over the city of Jerusalem, for example, over 5,000 years that articulated this, this battle between the, 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 the tribes, the agricultural situa- situated tribes, and the claim over a religious icon, a, a place, that's and right. the histories and stories, that, and the narratives that most people lived through at that time. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, a key part of that decay of the agricultural era was known, of course, as the Dark Ages. Yeah. <clears throat> And then uh, the modern scientific industrial is, is going through the same pattern. So it's kind of laid down some, some words of advice, some rules, uh, if you like. And they were that you can find the truth yourself. Mm. And that, of course, is what became science as we know it. And that replaced this truth coming from God or, or some spiritual source. Which was, which was an evolution, but not without its own problems, of course. Absolutely. Mm. And the, the scientific industrial era also said you can change the rules to suit yourself. Mm. 
And it said, if you work harder and faster and smarter, you can win. Mm. Now we know that only 1% of us has mm. actually won. But um, like the, the previous advice of the agricultural era that the rewards come later, these things kind of you know become apparent after the fact often. And then as the this scientific industrial era is decaying, it's decaying into what we are now calling surveillance capitalism, yeah. which is really a regression to layer four, where we're seeing this rigid, absolutistic, authoritarian behaviour that's characteristic of four. But focus through this uh, this layer five, this technology and this uh, this capacity for us to communicate at, at rate and uh, in any way that that we want to. And in fact, you know, the the, the 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 phrase one could use for this late stage is anything goes. Anything goes if it wins. That's right. And that's, you know, you can change the rules to suit yourself and, and that's just running to an extreme. Everything's mm. running to an extreme. Yes. And so we know how these things play out. This is the pattern. You know, there, mm. are, there are rules that are laid down. They work really well for a while. Then after a while, they don't work so well. And then eventually things start to decay and we backslide to the previous paradigm for a while. And then what's next, we know, is chaos and revolution. And, and that is pretty much inevitable. The only way that could ever be avoided is if enough people were conscious of the dynamic and they knew that unless we actually do this, we're going to go through that chaos again. And we're on the verge as a species of that point at the moment, but I don't think enough people are there yet or are aware enough yet to actually avoid the chaos. And therefore, I think chaos within the next decade too is inevitable mm -hmm. uh, and then revolution in many many different forms is inevitable and so also is a breakthrough and then a renewal into the next layer the next paradigm that's emerging and, and most immediately that will be layer six which Claire Graves described as a relativistic humanistic so a very human-centered communally oriented paradigm that's network centric and very much built around the, the um, architecture, the, the scaffolding of our interconnected technology. Mm. That's a very important key aspect of it. Indeed. Uh, it brings my attention to an article which uh, we've passed around uh, in our, in our uh, group, in our little tribe, so to speak, recently from Forbes magazine, which talks about um, the most valuable commodity today being, in fact, information, of course, and that information is a never-ending resource, whereas all of our economies in the last well, thousands of years, but particularly in, in Layer 5 we're talking about here, are based on the, the scarcity of certain resources. You know, gold is very valuable because it's relatively scarce, and so on and so on and so on. And that change now from the, from the, uh, the, the economics of scarcity and value derived from scarcity to the value derived from a plethora of information, never-ending wealth of information, which clearly the large corporations like Google, Facebook and the others are mining at will and without very much restraint at all. And this is a big moment, isn't it, in, in, our, in this change process? It is a big moment and it's important just to reflect on the word values there mm -hmm. because the paradigm shift is essentially a values shift. It's a change of values. And so the things that have been valued previously mm -hmm. will no longer be valued as much and new things are emerging as more valuable. Yeah. And by the way, folks, when we do quote uh, some of the, um, the references that we have, we will be posting them on our Twitter feed, which is at Future Sense Show, at Future Sense Show, those Twitter feeds and other places also on our uh, Future Sense uh, Facebook page as well. And just while I'm on that topic, you can also always hear edited versions of uh, our, um, our show 
uh, podcast at uh, futuresense.it. That's a portal to various platforms, or you can just go to your own platform and do that. Yeah. And so, um, <coughs> often people who re- listen to the show regularly will uh, recall that I talk about the poker game as a, an analogy for the modern scientific industrial era, and it's such a good one, which is why I keep bringing it up all the time. This idea of having to restrict the information that everybody in the game has access to. So you've got your your uh, hand of cards that you've been dealt and uh, you, you may also have an ace up your sleeve if you're a good player. Uh, and you don't you know, show anybody your cards because if you show your cards then it actually collapses the entire game um, because the information that you can see on your cards is key to you winning the game and uh, competing successfully against all the other players. And the idea of course in a poker game is that somebody wins and the rest of the people lose. And this is why it's such a good analogy for the whole scientific industrial era because this is how we've been playing life over the last 300 years. Mm. And so with the emergence of our layer six influence technology, so the the internet and uh, social media and all these things that have been like um, mushroom mycelium, like little roots growing into every dark corner of your life and illuminating them, they've destroyed the capacity that we used to have to hold information close and secret. And so um, once upon a time, there were there was such a thing as a corporate image, which was the thing that a corporation chose to expose to the world. It was like a billboard that you put out front of the building and say, yeah, this is who we are and this is what we look like and this is how we do our business. And then what actually happened inside the building was usually quite a different story. Yes. Um, but now- because- Think of the Marlborough man, for example. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. But now because everybody's on social media and everybody can talk, everybody can publish globally instantaneously and, and whatever they write or or post as a picture can be seen around the world straight away, then it's really impossible now for anybody to put out, I mean, people still try, of course, but to put out a public image and, and have that not to be consistent with your actual life mm. that you're living, it's very, very difficult. And this this is like everybody being told to put their poker cards down on the table so everybody can see their cards. And of course, it just completely collapses the game. And so you can't continue to play poker and we can't continue to play scientific industrial. It just don't work anymore. Simple as that. Interesting, uh, of course, with the, uh, I'm thinking as a speaking, using the uh, the gambling, the poker analogy here, of course, of Crown Casino in Melbourne, which is going through a rather tough time. God bless you all down there. And we're noticing, of course, that the our politics, uh, our politicians of both uh, ilks uh, are basically silent or ignoring it because they're implicated because some or other um, the cards are uh, some cards have been held up the sleeve cards are not being shown and uh, eventually we're going to we're going to hopefully see some revelations about what's actually going on down there yeah that's an, an absolutely classic example and it's also it's a really important time for politics in australia and uh, all credit to our, our uh, government sponsored abc news agency for uh, being able to publish this but yes. uh I think the the energy of the moment is actually creating an opportunity for us to point to and speak to these things as they're becoming so obvious because of this collapsing of the of the veil. Mm. Uh, you know this this fact that you just can't hide this stuff anymore. Uh, it really is a massive opportunity for us as uh, the general public to speak to what we're seeing and call out. The, uh, the misdemeanors, the hidden agendas, 
the the law breaking in in many cases that is going on uh, within our institutions, uh, including but absolutely not limited to politics, mm. and then to pursue real and effective change mm. uh, and change in the direction of the emerging values. Mm. Uh, and those values are, of course, the, the layer six values, which are community oriented. They're very much around building community, rebuilding community, because community has been collapsed by the, the uh, previous individually oriented era playing itself out. Um, values that are oriented around deep human connection and authenticity, uh, truthfulness, being transparent and uh, speaking your truth and allowing people to speak their truth and also to regather the rule of law because the uh, I think we've covered a number of times on previous shows how the community-oriented layers, these paradigms like the agricultural and previous to that, the traditional tribal and now the emerging layer six relativistic, these are the eras that really lay down structures of law. Because they are community-oriented eras, they are all about... Um, they are all about following standards and uh, complying with standards. And, and so in between those eras, when the, the uh, me-oriented individual eras play out, they are often tweaking, corrupting, sometimes completely collapsing those community standards. And that, that also has a purpose in an evolutionary sense because when you've got uh, everything fully compliant and uh, you, you don't get any novelty arising or you get a much lower you know degree of novelty arising within a society where everything is the same and and, and is you know enforced to be the same Uh, and of course that's something that governments are very aware of now and that's why there's so much enforcement and you know compliance uh, mm. being attempted around the world at the moment because the novelty is emerging and they, they don't, they like, don't like the novelty to, to happen. Yes. Eruptions of unusual <clears throat> things occurring everywhere. It's not, it's not liked. It's exactly, because not when, we're going, when we're going through a paradigm, paradigm shift, the new stuff emerges as novelty, of course. Mm. And, and so um, it, it's important for us now as we're moving back into a communal era, sorry, era to, to regather the rule of law. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious if you look back over the last few decades uh, and uh, the, one of the, the biggest examples that stands out for me is, is around politics and also international conflict, how the rule of law has just been thrown out the window. And uh, we've, we've been, our country here, Australia, has been committed to wars that have very, very shaky, uh, if any at all, legal standing. And that's the result of ongoing debate. Uh, and we're on the verge of uh, committing ourselves, it looks like, to, to another uh, enforcement action in the Middle East, believe it or not. Believe it or not, yes. Yeah. For those who haven't heard, apparently they, there's discussion between the defense departments of this country and the United States regarding some sort of new Middle East force uh, over there. I'm not sure where or exactly what uh, mission they may be getting, but it's certainly a troubling development. Yeah, but there is this window of opportunity that, that is opening right mm. now for us to actually pounce on things like this uh, story in the, the current uh, media in Australia where the government looks like it's been caught out uh, another case of corporate capture where money has had influence over over uh, political power uh, and uh, the government's gone quiet and my goodness what a great time it is to actually put some pressure on them for the truth to it to come out exactly uh, yeah. yeah it's interesting with this article from the abc regarding the crown casino um, situation um, because the dynamics have changed according to this article the push for a parliamentary inquiry may have failed but the revelations have changed the dynamics of the parliament nonetheless. The crossbench, which is a crazy bunch of people in the crossbench there, but the crossbench in the Senate 
and the House now have a cause on moral grounds and a pragmatic interest in using the issue of an anti-corruption body to both reinforce to voters the value of their presence in the Parliament to raise issues that the major parties won't, uh, the classic sort of keep the bastards honest territory, and as a bargaining chip for the government's legislative program, of course, and uh, also on this, the, the number of ex-politicians from both sides of politics that have ended up for working uh, working for Crown Casinos is uh, is a big question. But that that notion that the sort of crazy crossbench there actually have the sort of moral uh, the the moral stamp here to to do something about it, and are willing to actually stand up to both parties, silent parties, with regard to this issue, and, and makes make a difference. Hopefully, that's right. Yeah, that's the novelty emerging. That's the novelty with the new emerging. Values, you know, coming. Uh, in a small percentage of people to start with. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.